All right, welcome in, everybody. Great to be with you. Patrick Johnson. Ben Byram. Hey, Ben. Did you have a good uh, weekend, Ben? Did you, go to bad. The, did you go to the beach or something? Or? I did. I did go to the beach. Good for you. Nice little Tom. Hey, it's uh, nice to have you along. Uh, awfully, awfully hot out there today. Uh, but some nice weather coming later in the week. Uh, I hope Mother Nature will not impede. Uh, uh, something that I think is probably one of the most underreported, uh, underhyped things going on, and that is Conley and Rose are playing one another tomorrow in the 3A regional baseball final. Both teams split their meetings this year. They did something, and a lot of uh, high school teams have gone to this, where they play two games, uh, obviously, in, in conference play. But they instead of the old, you know, kind of you go through the first part of the conference season, then you go through the second part of the conference season, you play that a conference opponent twice in the same week. You play Tuesday at one place, Thursday at the other, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that was brought on because of the uh, special circumstance with COVID and the schedule. and But a lot of uh, high school leagues, as I understand it, had kind of gone to that. And I think it's pretty interesting because you you kind of get ready for one team that week, and then you start to get ready for you know a different team the next week, and you're playing them twice and that kind of thing. So that's what uh, Rose and Conley did this year. Rampitz won the first matchup, Conley the second. Both are uh, now going to play uh, tomorrow. We'll have more on that uh, later and certainly tomorrow to get you ready for uh, that. I think that's, again, just a really cool uh, situation uh, that you have uh, two programs, Rose with all of uh, the pageantry and history in Conley, which for – the last 15, 20 years has probably been the program in Pitt County and one of the programs in the East. They've got state championships of their own right. So it's it's a good thing. And uh, congratulations to our, our good friend, Ronald Vincent, also a good friend of ours, Coach Mills, too, at Conley. They're both uh, really great guys, just two class operations. So uh, we're happy, uh, happy that there will be a Pitt County team playing in the state championship for baseball. That's going to be happening. Um, there was the big Supreme court thing today. We'll get into that. Uh, I think we have to start with some of the cliff Godwin, uh, stuff and, and what's the latest and, and what have you Ben, I did something that I, I, uh, <laughs> you, every time I brought it up, you look at me like I'm insane. Okay. And that's the flight aware thing, right? Oh yeah. Kind of. That was kind of big on Twitter of the weekend. Now national media outlets are just hopping on the flight well, tracker. Well, people do the flight tracker website. I mean, that's, you know. It's creepy. I don't, let's do away with that. I Look, I don't, I'm not saying I'm proud of it or I like it. I didn't say that now, did I? I, I didn't say that. No, no, I'm just saying let's. And look, I, I kind of thought when I was a much younger man in the business, this is insane. Who would do this? But it, as you get a little older in the old uh, media business, you realize, oh, there's a shortcut I could take advantage of. <laughs> oh, I, I agree with you. It's a little odd. It's a little odd. But uh, Kendall Rogers, who is uh, with D1Baseball.com, put out there that the flight tracker had flown to uh, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, up to uh, Omaha, Nebraska. By the way, did you see George Whitfield right behind home plate? I Coach did. Whit? He had the ECU hat he on. He did. I love it. 
And did you see the guy beside him with the P? That's my guy, Tate Mooring, from over in LaGrange. That guy. Look, when I when I die and come back reincarnate, I want to be Tate Mooring. <laughs> that's a life right there, buddy. God, that's a life. So those guys are out in uh, Omaha, and, like, Whitfield's just there chilling behind uh, behind home plate with the with the big dollar and the big dog seats. That's great. That's so great. Love Coach Whit. Uh, Mike Bianco said he will not be uh, taking over for uh, LSU's baseball coach who's retiring. Uh, on Thursday, Bianco reportedly interviewed with LSU, as did Coach Cliff Godwin. These interviews reportedly happened in Birmingham, Alabama. Well, Bianco, I believe he already extended with uh, Old Miss, already mm-hmm. got an extension. Yes. He got a contract ex- I was just about to say, he got a contract extension out of it. And sometimes those are the things that guys are looking for. What do they look? Uh, just with, testing the waters. With the Alabama stuff, Cliff Godwin got some stuff. Uh, I've, you know, I, I, I think they have talked about perhaps an upgrade of the clubhouse. Locker room is what they probably refer to it as, is in baseball parlance, the clubhouse. So there's there's some discussion of that, I think, out there that, you know, maybe Coach Godwin is wanting to get a, uh, a you know, an upgrade in that department. Brand new state-of-the-art kind of uh, locker room or clubhouse for the guys. And uh, have heard a little chatter today about where that may go and where that may not go. By the way, the ECU board, this, this hastily called board of trustee meeting that uh, was reported on is as as I understand it has nothing to do with sports. You know, I figured that. Uh, I saw a bunch of geeks on Twitter trying to act like they knew what these uh, this wordy thing meant. And obviously, they didn't. <sighs> I could have told you that. Geeks on Twitter, plenty of them. Twitter geeks, the worst. But um, nothing to do with with athletics. Let's just say that. Nothing to do with I'm that. Sure, it would have specified that if it did. Yeah, maybe. Bunch of losers out there. But uh it's interesting now. Now, I guess what came first, the the uh, the chicken or the egg here, did Bianco pull his name out of this thing in reaction to the fact that there's reportage that LSU's AD is interested in the coach at Band Vandy? rightfully so, that he's interested in the coach at Tennessee who's kind of turned that thing around pretty quickly there, uh, that he's interested even in the guy from Arizona who has zero connections to that part of the country. He's a California guy and is a West Coast guy. Did it, Or did the Bianco react, or did the Bianco decision, I should say, precipitate a feeling that they needed to talk to some other people? I don't know. But I just I do know Bianco was quick to get out there and say he's staying. <laughs> and it seemed to me in my timeline that I saw, and I'm not was not able to hang on every second of this over the weekend. We kept up with it, but it wasn't like I was a uh, what did you say earlier? Twitter geek. Twitter geek. Twitter. Well, geek. a lot of it's BS. A lot of it's just not true. Well, again. These reports are coming. This is one is from USA Today, and then you know Bianco was part of the. Oh no, I'm not discrediting those. You just see a lot of when, it, especially when it comes to college baseball, you just see a lot of reports that are not true because it's still it's still a growing sport. Right, right. And then what you're saying is there's something might be 
internet rumor, yeah. an innuendo that catches that catches fire. What I'm saying is, I, the way I saw it is, the Advocate report, I guess Friday, said they were going to start to look at some other candidates, potentially, LSU we're speaking of here. And, uh, and then Bianco kind of comes out with this today. Or did Bianco tell them privately, hey, guys, I'm, I'm out, and that's what precipitated uh, this? I don't know. That's what I'm getting at there. I, I, I don't know which, which news preceded which news. I think it's probably more so it was more reactionary after the meeting with LSU. Maybe they said something he didn't like or he didn't like the money. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, they I, never offered That's him, not but, what I'm, I'm yeah. getting at. What I'm getting at is did Bianco say, all right, I'm staying at Ole Miss after the news broke that they were talking to other candidates, or did Bianco tell them, hey, guys, I've interviewed, I've gone through the process with you, I'm not. I, I'm going to end up staying here, and that's what's precipitated this other uh, expanded search, let's just say. Because the LSU spin on this is that their AD is a guy who, I mean, he paid Kim Mulkey. Is that her name? The the women. She was the women's coach at Baylor. Um, they paid her an ungodly sum of money to leave Baylor and come to LSU and coach. And LSU does not have anywhere near the reputation, the tradition, the infrastructure in women's basketball. That the that that Baylor certainly has had the last few years, and so gets paid two and a half million. Yeah, they paid her a, a, a an enormous sum, and that was sort of out of the blue. There's big time football coaches that don't get paid that much. <laughs> in a year. I know, I know. I'd have left Baylor too in a heartbeat right. if I were her. I don't care what kind of infrastructure or tradition you have or don't Kim have. Mulkey. I mean, look, Kim. Good for Kim Mulkey. Yeah, who's her agent? I know. It'd be nice to to know who her agent is. But what I'm telling you is um, that that seems on brand with LSU. They want to go out and get what they perceive to be the best coach in the country, and that is the that's the LS spin, LSU spin right now. While they're supposedly casting this bigger net, and again, the flight aware report from Kendall Rogers, a plane leaving from Baton Rouge for um, a private plane leaving for Baton Rouge bound for uh, Omaha. Uh, would send would tend to lend a little credence to the fact that somebody from LSU or maybe the AD could be there, shaking the tree as it was to see who might be interested in that uh, in that job and where all that leaves Cliff Godwin. Who knows? I love your French spin on Baton Rouge. There. Baton Rouge. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, there's yeah, a little bit French, of French yeah. Cajun uh, stuff going on there. I'm worldly, Ben. Uh, so that's sort of the latest as it is today. Um. There's been some reporting that, you know, if any of these gentlemen who are currently involved in the College World Series don't work, then maybe the LSU people feel like Cliff Godwin would be the option, but they want to they see what's good. And maybe Cliff Godwin has told them or will tell them, hey, guys, not interested, going to stay in Greenville, going to stay at my alma mater and get ECU to Omaha. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, again, the report from the Advocate newspaper in Louisiana is that uh, Bianco and uh, Cliff Godwin interviewed last uh, Thursday in uh, Birmingham, and uh, that is uh, where those interviews took place. Alabama. Alabama. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, 
well, obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on it. We'll continue to follow it. I mean, it's it's one of those things that um, I can tell you, again, I mean, look at Bianco. Bianco gets a big contract extension out of this. Uh, ECU monetarily could never probably match what LSU or another SEC school might pay. But what I think Cliff Godwin would want to get out of this again is let's try to get some more resources for our, our baseball program. Uh, and if that includes a new locker room slash clubhouse that's state-of-the-art that you know rivals what you would see in pro baseball, then that's the next. It's not under the bleachers. Nothing against that locker room, but. Right. And, and you know, again, I, I, I was privy to a little bit of chat to chatter today where, and this may not be Cliff's idea. This may be more of, you know, somebody else's idea. But if that if he wants this, this is how we could do it. This is what the design would look like. And here's a way to grow the capacity of the stadium and, and maybe grow some revenue opportunities at the stadium by building this structure and then building something on top of the structure. So, I mean, there's there's some of that being kicked around uh, right now. Um, but I still think there's a little ways to go with this. I did think this thing was going to be wrapped up potentially last week into the weekend. Uh, but now that this report and this idea that the LSU AD is going to head out to Omaha, again, kind of confirmed by the flight aware report of Kendall Rogers, then that, that makes me think that this thing could probably at least go on for another week and we shall see. Well, I think the big problem with this whole thing when it comes to LSU is you said they want to get the very best in every sport. I don't think people might disagree. I don't think there's undoubtedly like the best coach in college basketball, uh, baseball right now that you can like say without a doubt is the best. Like I can't think of a guy off the top of my head who's the guy the number one guy it's all I, I it seems like it's all up for debate who you prefer to be the number one guy um there's not like a coach k or somebody that stands I, out or like the, a nick saban exactly yeah is what i'm getting at i see um i, I well i think anybody that's at the college world Series, i mean the guy at tennessee is a you know is a real um is a real, um, obviously, program builder. I, I would argue Cliff Godwin, what he has done here, it going to three, hosting three straight regionals, back-to-back super regionals. We know how great the ECU program is because of its tradition and also what has happened with Coach Godwin's uh, drive to sell the players and then buying in on, on his vision. But, I mean, nationally, look, there are other – as we say every year, ECU's a great top 15 caliber, top 20 caliber baseball program, but there are, by that statement, 14 to 19 other really good programs that are uh, of, of that same caliber or higher. Uh, look, the Vandy coach, I think, is the closest right now you would have to that. Yeah. That's probably the – but he's a little of an older guy, and he might like his situation at Vanderbilt. Obviously, if they, they win – uh, Kumar Rocker got chased pretty quickly or got, rock. got rocked. Yeah, he rebounded for a little bit for a couple innings, but uh, too much of a hole to get out of. Well, look, that game went late. Vandy won it, and uh, at the end of the day, that's kind of the name of the game. Yeah. So there you go. NC State won their game. They're playing tonight, uh, and uh, 
we'll see what ends up happening there. You just you need pitching, and State's got three starters and two guys out of the pen. That's about it. So we'll see what um, what happens uh, later on, and uh, we'll talk a little bit of the uh, golf later on too. I, obviously, uh, what John Rom did was remarkable yesterday, and uh, fresh off COVID, Louis Louis Ustazen, uh was was fabulous. Uh, and, and unfortunately, just hit a bad shot on 17 off the tee. Um, I'll tell you what else was, uh, and everybody sort of revels in uh, the Bryson DeChambeau, and he did collapse. I mean, he you know doubled a hole, a par four, shooting a snowman on it. I mean, he, he came to pieces. But Roy McIlroy continues to come to pieces, too, in these things, and he just plays well enough to backdoor his way in. He has that one bad round every big tournament or every major Rory does but I mean he was he had ample opportunities yesterday I talked to a golf friend of mine about this today and they they just you can't quite put your finger on and again the story is going to be DeChambeau had the meltdown but I mean Rory McIlroy had it I mean everybody finishing except Rom came to pieces we'll, we'll talk a little more about that later on uh, we're going to talk some golf uh, Kevin Williams is back now at ECU as the men's golf coach uh, I'm excited about that. Kevin's a great guy, and uh, we've gotten to know Kevin very, very well over the years. Uh, just a heck of a guy. And uh, he'll be in Greenville sometime in uh, July, starting uh, anew with the Pirate Golf Program. Third time around for Kevin. So let's grab a break. We'll come back and get him on. And uh, we'll talk a little more about uh, what happened this weekend and what didn't happen. And uh, everything else going on around Pirate Nation after this time out. Tune to the Patrick Johnson Show on a Monday. And Pirates. Boy there. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Uh, but it's pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go. Hot, hot. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Heat indices today, triple digits, uh, some clouds tonight, 76. Tomorrow, a 90% chance of rain. And uh, that lasts into tomorrow night. It's going to be more of an afternoon deal, very widespread. Uh, and it's going to be stormy. This is coming in with a front. High of 83 tomorrow, gusty winds. Uh, and that will make any of those uh, baseball championship games uh, tougher this weekend, because, or at least the regional championships, because uh, I, I just unless they're going to play it in the morning, I just don't see any way they might get it in tomorrow, unfortunately. Uh, again, Rosen Conley on the diamond tomorrow night from Hollywood Crossroads. Uh, Wednesday, 78, mostly cloudy. Thursday, 80, mostly cloudy. And then uh, Friday, looking at uh, temps. Starting to reach again the uh, mid eighties. Uh, we were thrilled last week to hear that uh, Kevin Williams is going to be back in uh, Greenville as the uh, ECU men's golf coach. He joins us on the phone right now. Uh, Kevin, great to talk to you again. And uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, just the reaction from uh, everybody when this was announced here in the East is has been remarkable. And even from some of our friends in the golf world, uh, mutual friends that you and I have, they're they're thrilled about this. So. Congratulations. 
Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate you having me on. It's been crazy since last Tuesday and uh, very overwhelming, uh, humbling. Uh, all the, the well wishes, the messages, the social media posts, phone calls, text messages, you know, it's home. And uh, it's nice to be coming back home. Very excited to be coaching men's golf uh, after, after being uh, around women's golf actually the last 14 years. I love the women's side of the game, but uh, I started out as coach for the men's team in, in 95 at East Carolina. And, uh, you know, it, it's great to be finishing what I started, I guess is that <laughs> way to say <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, yeah. And uh, I can't wait to get started. And, uh, you know, everybody got so many friends. I miss my friends. I mean, South Carolina job was amazing. Uh, great to work for a team that we, I mean, this past year we spent 75% of the year ranked number one in the country. And, uh, but it's, it's no place like home. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Um, you know, you went down there, it was an assistance job. You were the women's head coach. Uh, and it was the women's program at South Carolina. Is that correct? Is that, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So you go down there and I mean, obviously it's a fabulous program. Uh, and it's an opportunity to go to a, uh, you know, a program that probably was uh, really, really well-funded and, uh, you know, ace players, and you'd done such a fabulous job at ECU recruiting uh, players, particularly from overseas. Uh, so, I mean, th yeah. there were a lot of positives to, to taking that opportunity. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I know guys like yourself, competitive guys like yourself, are always looking for the next challenge. So that was a challenge you took on. It was a bit of a different role for you, but it was a challenge. Right. And now this is... I think that the thing that brings you back, you're not to say you might not have come back and, and coach CC's done a fabulous job. Coach Buford has with the women's mm -hmm. program. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I kind of like what you said there. This is a chance to kind of come back and, and finish what you, you kind of started all those years ago. In other words, it's a, it's a very unique and different challenge for you. It is. And you know, the, a lot of things are very similar, like, uh, to be honest, I mean, I, I, there's, we're going to focus on North Carolina from a recruiting aspect. We're also going to use my contacts over in Norway, Sweden, and the UK uh, to maybe have a little bit of a mix of some international players. We may not, we probably won't have as many as we had on the women's side because mm -hmm. uh, we have so many really good players in the state of North Carolina. Um, but you know, we were actually when I left, uh, when I was coaching the men's team, we added women's golf five years into. Uh, by sixth year uh, of coaching men's golf, we added women's golf. Mm -hmm. And it, I was coaching both teams. I was having to spend a lot of time with the women's team. I, I used to, I told people probably 80% of my time was spent with the on the women's side. And we were starting to roll pretty good on the men's side. And it's really tough when your coach goes from full-time to part-time. Yeah, And I saw the program slipping just a little bit on the men's side. And we were knocking on the door of a postseason bid. And, I and we only had two scholarships. And now we're fully funded at four and a half. And so that possibility for me is real exciting. We've got great facilities here. I'm going to tell you, the University of South Carolina is a wonderful place. We have a fantastic practice facility on campus at the University of South Carolina. But I'm going to tell you, the golf course situation in Greenville is much better. We have three really good golf courses within 10 minutes of campus. Mm -hmm. The closest golf course at the University of South Carolina was 15 minutes if the traffic wasn't bad. And so it's just a much better situation as far as golf courses are concerned. Uh, but, you know, we, we need to make sure that, you know, we, we, we have the facilities that we can, uh, you know, manage the program. Uh, we're a little bit landlocked right now. We've got a nice facility at Ironwood. Mm -hmm. But we, we really would like to kind of, you know, 
have a standalone facility if we can. And so that, that'll be a little bit of the focus here this first two or three years uh, that, yeah, that I'm back. ECU's new men's golf coach is uh, Kevin Williams. Uh, and he is uh, joining us here on the phone. It's great to talk to uh, Coach again, one of the uh, really, really good guys. Uh, and uh, Thank you. It, it really is. Uh, the outpouring was just amazing. It, it really was. And, <laughs> and, I mean, for, and not just from Greenville. I mean, all over the, really the state. Yeah. Uh, but from Raleigh eastward, it was, uh, it was, a, yeah. it was a, a lot of uh, excited reaction. And uh, you know, I think a lot of that, too, is because of your time uh, you know, as a club pro, uh, in a couple of different stops right. as well. So, I mean, you've, you've had a real chance to, to get to know a lot of people and have a great impact on folks' lives. Um, let me ask you a little bit about, uh, when, when you say that standalone facility, you know, that's, that's, it seems like everybody wants, uh, something and they all want it there on, on right. campus, every coach of every sport. Th- does that facility in a, in a rea- in a realistic situation, maybe, take form at somewhere like an Ironwood or one of the other clubs uh, or courses in town? I mean, is, is that kind of w- where maybe that makes the most sense? I, and again, I know it's not campus, yeah. so there's some things there that aren't ideal, but it just seems like there might be a little more of a chance for a collaboration with said course, an opportunity for both the men's and women's programs to, to kind of grow in that setting. Well, you're right. And, and the thing at South Carolina it's behind the football practice facility, so it's not tied up with the, tied uh, or adjacent to a golf course. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you go to the practice facility, it's just really the practice, and it's amazing. It's got four greens. You can pretty much do all you want to do as far as practice is, is concerned. Mm-hmm. But it's also nice to be adjacent to a golf course. Obviously, there's some land across the street at Ironwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, plans, of, I guess, of, to develop that land at some point in time. Uh, there's some land around Greenville Country Club. Uh, unfortunately, Brook Valley probably is the closest course to campus, but it's landlocked. Mm-hmm. So there's not really any land around Brook Valley. But having it close to a golf course would be ideal. And uh, it just and having seen the facility at South Carolina, I got to tell you this real quick story. So we signed two kids this this incoming uh, freshman class at South Carolina. Hannah Darling from Scotland is just an amazing player and top 50 in the world and. You know, they see the practice facility, Patrick, and they, we go down on a, on a graveled road. We push a keypad to get into the gate. We drive past a Porter John <laughs> and a tent with four old beat-up golf carts in it, and the tent's got holes all in it, and it's flapping in the wind, and they don't see any of that. All they see is that pristine practice facility right. with those four greens, and they see the the possibilities that that place can make their game where it needs to be to be the, to be a, one of the best players in the world. And so it's really interesting because, I mean, you, you, obviously you want things to look nice, but they, they don't even see that stuff. That looks like, right, <laughs> yeah. you know, driving right past it. I mean, it's, it's really, I mean, they say, you know, the first impression. I mean, it's, yeah. that's a bad first impression. But once they see the facility, uh, they're just blown away by it. And something like that is just really a big advantage in recruiting. Well, you did have the uh, the shiny object to kind of wave in front of them to turn the, which were the four right. practice screens. <laughs> That's, right. That might have exactly. been one of the reasons they, did, they didn't <laughs> see that. Um, so you, you take over a men's program that, uh, by all accounts, you know, there's some talent in there. There's some tradition, as we know. There's There's yeah. been a couple of guys that have played on the PGA Tour, one famously right now in in uh, Harold Varner, who is uh, you know a, a very popular player uh, among guys that are golfers, um, 
not only on the tour, but, you know, young golfers really look up to Harold uh, as well. Um, so when, when you were presented with this opportunity and, and as you've, you know, did your due diligence, what do you think that this program, aside of what we just talked about, what do you think this program needs that you're able to bring to it as far as uh, uh, being the guy that's going to take it over? Well, I, I mean, it, it, first off, Harold, Harold reached out on Monday morning uh, when he found out and, uh, it was really, uh, it, it, it made me feel great. Now, Harold obviously played on the men's team. I was coaching the women's team when he played here, but obviously saw Harold at the practice facility a lot. So I'm on the golf course, et cetera. Obviously always supported him at, at, as he's been out on tour. And he just really made me feel good Monday morning. And only the way Harold Varner can make <laughs> you feel good. Right. It was very colorful, as you can imagine. <laughs> and uh, very, uh, he's just so fired up. And I, I was just so excited to see that. And, you know, I, I, I think I thing is we, we've got it. And Harold talked to the team, actually. He actually jumped on a Zoom call Monday afternoon. It was so funny. But he talked to him about the chip on your shoulder. I mean, you have to have that chip on your shoulder at East Carolina that and maybe, as Harold said, you didn't get recruited at the University of North Carolina. You need to make sure you play with that chip on the shoulder every time you, you play. And uh, and I, I think that's the thing we have to do. We have to have that chip on our shoulder. I think the thing I bring, Patrick, more than anything else, is I understand East Carolina University. I yeah. understand Eastern North Carolina. Like you said, I've served two stints as a club pro at Kinston Country Club in Walnut Creek. And I know Eastern North Carolina, like I said earlier, it's home. And I think bringing that back and they'll see the passion I have for this place, the passion I have for us being successful. And, and, and I'm real excited to get started. And there, there are some great pieces. Coach Sapp, Coach Rule left, you know, the cupboard is not bare. Mm-hmm. We obviously struggled last year. And, but I, I really feel like we've got a really good freshman class. We have a transfer, Nick Brown coming in. So I'm really excited about what we can do this year. And then the recruiting so far has been, like I said, it's been great to be in contact with some overseas uh, friends of mine that are like national team coaches in Norway and Sweden. And again, that's just, it's the same on the men's side and the women's side. It really doesn't matter. It's all about the people you know yeah. and how they can put you in touch with really good players. Uh, we've got Kevin Williams with us here. He is uh, the uh, new ECU men's golf coach. Unlike, uh, it's an individual sport, but unlike tennis, where all the best uh, players, you know, maybe they don't go that college route before going pro. They're going out of an academy and going pro. You could still go to college uh, if you're if you're an excellent golfer, uh, get your education, have great success, uh, not only collegiately but also in the amateurs, and and still go and have a a, a huge pro career. I mean, we've seen that uh, obviously yeah. repeatedly. So that to me seems like a. Um, seems like a real, uh, you know, thing that sort of differentiates itself. In other words, you can get really, really good players here uh, that could go on and and have a a fabulous uh, professional uh, career. Well, and it's a training ground. It's kind of almost like the minor league level, so to speak. And so they're able to play really good competition. We've got a great schedule. Coach Sal has a great schedule set up for us. We're going to see Wake Forest quite a bit. It's one of the best teams in the country, UNC, Duke. So our schedule's really good. And so you're seeing that top talent, uh, players that are turning pro from those programs. And so I, I'm real excited for our, for our kids to kind of challenge themselves to, to be able to, you know, 
compete against those teams and looking forward to that. And that's the nice thing what college does. I think what it does for you, like Harold Varner, he was able to prove to himself in college, you know what, I'm good enough to play at that next level because I beat these guys in college. And now I'm playing against them as a mini-tour player, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And he's beating those guys as a mini-tour player. And the next thing you know, he's on the PGA Tour, and he's got this belief in himself because he's had success at the college level, then the mini tour level, and then obviously at the at, on the PGA tour. Kevin, uh, any any idea uh, how kind of the conference uh, is? I mean, who are some of the better you know programs in the men's side of of things? Yeah, well, Steve Bradley's done a great job at South Florida. I mean, they're very good. He came from the University of Florida, was an assistant there, and he's just done an amazing job uh, at South Florida. They're, they're the best team in the conference. SMU has been really good as well. I'd say those are the top two teams. Yeah. Central Florida, you know, at times has been really good. I think they were down a little bit this year. Uh, but it, it's really competitive as far as the conference is concerned. And I'd say it's top-heavy with a couple of programs. And then a lot of programs very similar uh, for those uh, last six or eight spots. Houston's been better last couple of mm -hmm. years as yeah. well. Um, you talk about and, tradition. You know, There's so, some tradition yeah. there in that program, <laughs> you know, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a lot of great tradition uh, days mm -hmm. of yore with Houston. Uh, when when will you be back in town? When do things kind of start for you, uh, you know, officially in Greenville? Well, I start July 1st and then uh, the 5th through like the 11th. I'm on the road recruiting. Uh, luckily, the U.S. Junior Boys Championship is in Pinehurst at CCNC this uh, summer, which is great, so I don't have to travel very far. Uh, obviously, we'd like to go overseas at some point in time, but with COVID and yeah. restrictions on travel, yeah. uh, they are easing a little bit, but still, I think this year, this summer I'm going to uh, stay pretty close to home. Uh, from a you know budget standpoint, just just and to learn North Carolina a little bit. I mean that is that's going to be our bread and butter. I've got to understand uh, the talent level we have, and, and I need to see it. I don't need to just kind of look at it on scores. I need to see it in person. Yeah. So I'll focus from pretty, excuse me, pretty heavily on uh, North Carolina this summer, and then obviously do my recruiting, uh, social media wise, emails, phone calls with some kids overseas. And here's the thing, um, and I'm sure you you know you took in uh, football games down in South Carolina and all that, and I mean, oh, yeah. you're a great sports fan. But I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not lying to you when I tell you Kevin Williams is a dyed in the wool purple and gold ECU football fan. He <laughs> he's like all of us. He lives and dies uh, on yeah. every play. Yeah. So I, you get to come back when when Coach Houston's and is going to be in his third year and kind of a, a breakout year. So I think it's going to be a good football season to be back here. Well, I, I think so. And it's funny. I saw Shane Beamer two days ago, uh, South Carolina <laughs> coach and Marcus yeah. Satterfield, uh, his offense coordinator, I believe Marcus is, or maybe one of the quarterback coaches. I can't remember exactly his title, but they came to our practice facility to practice. And I was out there working with one of the players. And uh, he's he's really nervous about coming to Greenville. I mean, obviously he's been here with his dad before at Virginia Tech. And uh, he's uh, – <laughs> <laughs> but they they do not want to come to Greenville. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, good, good. That was look. I, I give them credit for show. I mean, there's you know there was a lot of yeah uh, chatter that they may try to you know get out of the game or something. But uh, they're going to come here. Right. Uh, and look, we know Shane yeah. Beamer from as you said those years where he would you know come here with his dad as part of Virginia Tech and right. You know Frank Beamer is a class act. Uh, Shane Beamer seems like a pretty good guy uh, from afar. So uh, 
yeah, I, I, I think that's great. I'd love to see the that that rivalry sort of renew itself a little bit, and, and maybe those yeah. uh, those two play one another. Uh, well, again. And, I, and I think Ray Tanner, you know, the athletic director of South Carolina, you know, he's an Eastern North Carolina guy. So he yeah, gets. That's true. I know they've yeah. probably backed out of a game. What was it a couple of years ago? Yeah. Maybe, mm-hmm. but he gets it. I mean, he, you know, he he knows, but he also knows it's a really tough place to play, which is scary for those SEC teams. They don't. Want, they want the cupcake. They want a cupcake game. You know, right. and this isn't going to be a cupcake <laughs> game. A cupcake game for them. Yeah. Have you decided yet? I mean, are you going to back at the old house? What are you? I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, are you going to live in Kinston? <laughs> no, Where you, what are you, what's the plan? Well, I tell you, we, we put our house on the market Friday, and uh, we've had three offers already, uh, two of them above our asking price. So, you know, the market's crazy right now, and uh, we're not sure. I mean, we're going to, you know, uh, luckily have a lot of really good friends, and so we're, we're going to take our time trying to find a house and uh, in Greenville. Not sure yet. We have uh, – my wife uh, has a daughter who's 13, and then the 18-year-old's at NC State. So, obviously, we're trying to find a, a location that fits great for her as far as schools are concerned. Right, right. And, uh, but, obviously, knowing the area, uh, I, I think it would be pretty easy, even though there's not much inventory. Right now, a little bit uh, of a little bit of an inventory market. crunch, yeah, a little bit of an inventory. Yeah, crunch. it is, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what when you played uh, last? Uh, what did you do well, and what did you not? What do you need to work on? Your game. I'm talking about your game. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Brady Penner, you know, was a long time pro at Greenwood Country Club, is at <laughs> right. Wedgwood now. Uh-huh. He and I won the senior, senior pro, uh, pro, pro senior, senior, yeah, okay. senior pro pro for the Carolinas PGA section in 2019. And <laughs> I hurt my shoulder last uh, uh, last fall, and he got COVID the week of the tournament. So we, <laughs> we didn't defend our championship this year. But uh, you know, I, I, every I told the guys actually, I just got off the golf course, just played today, right? And I told the guys I was playing with um, that every every January first, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to play more golf, and I don't. And I, I'll be honest with you, I like to watch our kids play golf. And I told uh, Stephen Carroll, one of the seniors, and Jimbo Stanley, the, the, both are two of our seniors on the team, and we had a long talk uh, after I was introduced. And I, and I told him, I said, guys, I'm going to watch you play a lot of golf. I, I, I will probably not will, will not play much with them because mm-hmm. I need to learn their game. You know, I, I need to learn what makes them tick. Right. I need to see them under pressure of playing, how they handle pressure, how they handle qualifying. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, and, I, and that's what I did, you know, on the women's side. I didn't play with the with the players. I wanted to watch them. I wanted to see certain things that we need to work on in practice. And I and I really catch that by watching all the groups try, you know, trying to watch uh, all the groups play and, and qualifying, which is nervous. I mean, they're trying to try, you know, they're, they're right. qualifying to play in the starting lineup, and so you see them under the gun a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit different at home because they're a little more used to the golf courses, but you still see them in a, in a pressure situation, and you can see which ones can handle that and which ones cannot. You have a tremendous reputation as a teaching pro, and obviously that translated over to your coaching collegiately. And and this is, but I guess you know of all your years of you know, helping people improve their games, what is the most common mistake that? you kind of have to correct or the most common mistake that somebody makes generally speaking. Uh, yeah. Generally speaking, they, they get away from their fundamentals. 
They feel like it's something in their swing, a position of their hands in the back swing or the down swing. When most of the time, it's they, they're set up to the golf ball is different. Maybe they're aiming too far right. Maybe they're aiming too far left. Maybe their hips are a little open. So it really, I'm telling you, like every sport, it goes back to the fundamentals. Right. You just got to hammer the fundamentals over and over and over again. And, and you know, and, and that's, that's when practice makes perfect. If you're hammering the fundamentals and it's always, you know, when somebody's struggling, they, they try to feel like there's five or six things that are wrong and versus you know, focusing on the simple stuff. And they lose track of like, you know, basically the grip, the posture, their aim. And so that, that's the big thing is always reminding the players, you know, and, and I, I encourage our players to have their own teacher. I said, I can teach you, no question. But I like for you to have your own teacher. And then I like to be the set of eyes mm-hmm. for that teacher. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one of the kids goes and gets a lesson from their, their golf pro or whatever, and they come back to campus. What are you working on? So I can be the eyes yeah. that can tell you, are you doing what your coach wants you to do at home? And so that, that situation tends to work really well. Communication is the key. You've got to be able to talk to that uh, your you know the kid on your team's uh, golf pro. Uh, what are you working on with say Stephen? You know uh, Stephen's teacher is Robert Lindell in Greensboro. He's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. So see, so little things like that make it easy. So Robert and I can communicate and say, hey, okay. And Robert really works with Stephen on his, his full swing. And Stephen said, I need some help with my putting. So that may be where I step in, and right. I step in right. and I help him you know, come up with some uh, plan that can help him improve his putting. Well, I, I know uh, a lot of people, myself included, are thrilled to have you back uh, here, and it's, it's going to be fun to, to, to you. have you, and it's going to be fun to maybe watch a few football games with you uh, yeah, during, exactly. the, uh, during the football season. <laughs> That'll be some fun, too. All right, uh, and, and we'll get you in the studio when you come in. It'll be great uh, when you kind of get Perfect. settled to have Thank you come you. back in because we like uh, talking uh, – uh, golf and some ball with you too. Uh, we can we can break Perfect. down all the football uh, woes. Hopefully there won't be too many, but we can break all those down uh, as well in the fall. That sounds we'll great. That. Love right. to do that. Good to talk to you, Kevin, and uh, uh, look forward Thanks, to Patrick. look forward to talking with you more down the road. Thanks a lot. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Ben Barm here for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. We start with high school baseball as two local teams have now advanced in the playoffs, and it doesn't get much better than this. The local rivals in third seed D.H. Conley and 13th seed of J.H. Rose will meet in the 3A regional championships. A best-of-three series tomorrow night at Hollywood Crossroads from college baseball. OCU reportedly over the weekend met with Pirate head coach Cliff Godwin and Ole Miss head coach Mike Bianco for their head coach in vacancy, but no offer had been made. Yesterday, Ole Miss decided to extend head coach Mike Bianco, and Cliff Godwin seems to be out of the picture for now. As many sources are reporting that LSU's plane has headed out to Omaha to meet with some head coaches currently in the College World Series. Speaking of the College World Series, ninth-ranked Stanford defeated fifth-seeded Arizona 14-5 moments ago. From college football, big development out of the Supreme Court as the court has unanimously decided to side with former players in a dispute with the NCAA about compensation. The court ruled that the NCAA can no longer bar colleges from providing student-athletes with education-related benefits, such as free laptops and paid post-grad internships. 
Meanwhile, former ECU quarterback Taylor Mazzone is now the new receivers coach at the University of San Diego after stints with Arizona, Texas A&M, and UCLA. Being a, from the NFL, former Tulsa linebacker and first-round pick for the Arizona Cardinals, Zayvon Collins, has been arrested in charge of reckless driving. From college basketball, former ECU point guard Noah Farrakhan has officially transferred to Eastern Michigan. And UNC big man Armando Baycott has withdrawn from the NBA draft process and will return to the Tar Heels. From the NBA, Pinetown native and Miami Heat center Bam Adebayo is committed to the, join the U.S. men's Olympic basketball team. And wrapping up from the Big Rock Blue Marlin tournament, widespread became champions and claimed the prize worth about $1.7 million after winning at Blue Marlin late Friday night, weighing six, 656 and a half pounds. It's going to do it for your 94th through the game sports update. I'm Ben Bottom. We return the P-Man to wrap it up after this quick timeout. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. The uh, Supreme Court decision that came out handed down earlier today apparently now has cleared the way for the NCAA to adopt the name, image, and likeness legislation. And there's reporting that it could happen this week. Uh, Legislation would not come down until at least June 28, three days before six states are set to allow those NIL rights outside of NCAA oversight. You know, there's been a lot of dancing on the grave of the NCAA today as well. And that's because of what the Supreme Court unanimously ruled as far as amateurism goes. And I don't I don't think there's undoubtedly any way that uh, you need to go and, and look. They need to make some, some different rules. There's some things that the NCAA... Uh, could do better. But I just, I go back to the same thing here that um, I, I always argue anytime you get these arguments from people that look at it from the prism of the so-called P5 or just college football or big-time basketball, where does that leave sports like we, I mean, where does that leave men's golf where we just talked to, you know, Kevin Williams? Where does that leave college baseball or softball. I mean, it's just, it's, and where does that leave a program? I'm just going to throw it like, you know, like a Tulsa. You know, there's just a lot to it. We're going to get into this a little more tomorrow and try to look at it. You know, obviously what benefits the athletes, great, but you know, if this is the end of the, this, this may be premature to be hoping that the NCAA is done. Um, We'll see. Uh, Also, we'll preview Rose Conley tomorrow. Hopefully the weather holds out. Thanks to Kevin Williams for Ben Byron, Patrick Johnson. We'll catch you tomorrow.